They all go to the library. Yes. It makes sense. Where else are you going to look up facts? I know. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are skipping down the lane to meet the Pied Piper and the Crooked Man. These are two figures mm-hmm. from, I don't know, fairy tales, nursery rhymes, urban legends, folklore. Right. Um, that I don't think, if we did a full episode mm-hmm. on the Pied Piper... It might fall apart under scrutiny. I think it might. So I think uh, one of the things that Guide to the Unknown used to do way back in our early days, Mm -hmm. we used to, every episode was about two different topics at once. Um, And we still occasionally will do that sort of thing. But I can think of no duo. No finer. No finer duo of topics that each don't deserve a full episode. Right. Name a more iconic, boring duo. I'll wait. You can't. The Pied Piper and the Crooked Man. The Pied Piper and the Crooked Man. I dare say this might be one, like, if people were, like, scrolling through a list of, like, what what cool spooky stuff have they talked about? Oh, oh cool, whoa. the Pied Piper. Oh, the Pied Piper. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. But that's well, sort of the point, I right. have to say. Why don't you explain to us why they might want the Pied Piper? Why don't you start? Okay. All right. I'll take it away. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, because some of this is a personal, a personal history. I've got a bit of a uh, I've got a bit of a past with this guy. <laughs> All right, I've had uh, something stuck in my craw. Mm-hmm. Many doctors have tried to get it out. Yeah, they've failed. Today we succeed. I in 2010 went to go see a scary movie. It was called A Nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. and it was made by a company called Platinum Dunes. Right. <laughs> it was a remake. Hell yeah. It was a remake of a movie from the 80s called A Nightmare on Elm Street, and it was rough. It was very bad. And uh, in the movie, the kids are figuring out what's happening to them. There is a, some sort of a spooky man who keeps appearing in their dreams. And bit by bit, they decide this man is named Freddy Krueger. Right. And he is hunting them. And he's wearing a dirty hat and a red and green striped sweater. And he is a dream demon who kills them when they're sleeping. It doesn't look like somebody who you want to follow. Not at all. But at some point in the movie, they do that horror movie thing. And here's where I must step outside myself. I'm a writer... And I sometimes feel bad about criticizing writing and tropes and stuff. But there is such a familiar trope, I think, about horror movies. But more specifically, sort of like the glut of like remakes and demon movies. And some of them are really good of like um, sinister, Mm -hmm. insidious, like things that all sort of sound the same. Yeah. Um, And people are the characters in the movie are like, what are we up against? What are we going to do? Go to the library and Google it. Right. And they can't use Google. They've got to use like Search Blast or like Ask some Jeeves. made up thing. Ask Jeeves. Yeah. They've got to go to all these different like like made up search engine sites and they Google what is a demon that's haunting me. And then they learn about folklore. Yeah. And it's, you know, tangentially related. So in A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 remake, at a certain point, one character says to another, what's that? And he goes, this book? Why, this is the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Mm-hmm. It's it, a whole book? It, yeah. Oh. In the movie it is. Maybe it is. I don't... Is, is it? Somebody did write... I mean, there are many books about it, but yeah. it's not like this, this is like the one story. Although we'll get yeah. into it. But he's like, it's about a guy who lured all these children away and killed them. It came up in my research. And I was like, no, it didn't. You were searching Dream Demons and Freddy <laughs> and Krueger. And the Pied Piper came up? The Pied Piper came up? I don't, you're lying. I don't, you're lying. <laughs> and in 2010, when I was, you know, six years old, I sat there looking up at the screen with my popcorn. And I, even at that young, impressionable age, went, who's the Pied Piper? No, I went, this is <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. This is an attempt to dress up an otherwise uninspired remake. Mm-hmm. We're going to say that the Freddy Krueger is not just some dirty, disgusting old creep who murdered kids. He's related to the Pied Piper, a literature figure from the 13th century. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is too lofty. You're yeah. reaching. You're stretching. Right. And it so annoyed d- me. It annoyed, is- it annoyed me to no end. <laughs> Is that a thread that continues throughout the movie, or do they just drop that? It's dropped so 
yeah. quickly. She literally, the scene, I, I have it written down here somewhere. I wrote down what they say. Because mm-hmm. it's literally, Nancy goes, uh, they're, they're in the library looking through books. They're reading about sleep. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> she goes, what's this one? Uh, what's this one doing here? And Quentin Smith says, it's the Pied Piper of Hamlin. I saw it in one of my dreams. It's about a guy who's betrayed by a town and gets his revenge by taking away the children. She says, I keep dreaming about children too. And then there's also a school. He says, well, it's got to mean something. And her response, yeah, but I mean, what? We didn't go to school together until like sixth grade. And they move off of it. Hmm, okay. So I forget. I guess that he didn't come up in his research. He saw it in a dream. Yeah. So Freddy Krueger showed him the Pied Piper of Hamlin. The Harry of Hamlin. Fred Krueger thinks that he is a literature fi- right? That's like, not right. It just sticks out like a sore thumb because somebody was like, children follow this guy. Right. Or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really Do tie they? in. So that's the thing. What do you think the Pied Piper of Hamlin is about? I mean, doesn't he lead, like, like children and animals or something? Okay. He uh, plays a fiddle, or not a fiddle, uh, he plays a little, a little poopity-doo. Flute. He a toots flute. on his bugle. Yes. Yeah. And then, I guess, children and animals follow him or something, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's probably what I would have said Rats? as well. See? You're circling back around. You're starting to think like a child again. Okay. You're getting younger and younger right in front of my eyes. Wow. Yeah. Soon you're going to be sitting here in a diaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's to say I'm not already? <laughs> That's a great point, Kristen. <laughs> Always thinking ahead. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> so the Pied Piper of Hamlin. This is this is the story. Okay. All right. I rewrote this based on some of my research from like Wikipedia and other sources. But mm-hmm. this is my retelling. In the late 13th century... 1284, to be precise, the small town of Hamelin in Germany was suffering an infestation of rats. A plague, Kristen. Okay. Then a man dressed in pied clothing, pied meaning of many colors, Mm -hmm. visited Hamelin promising to rid the town of rats in exchange for a wealth of gold. The mayor agreed. And so the colorful fellow played a song on his flute, luring the rats into the nearby Wesser River, drowning them. With the problem solved, the mayor decided, hmm, maybe I don't have to pay this Pied Piper after all. The problem's gone. Why should I give up our gold? Not cool. He even went so far as to accuse the man of having of, of bringing the rats in the first place. How do I know you didn't bring the rats in with your flute and then uh, connive? Charge me to remove them. Yes. Um, the Pied Piper left without money, vowing to return one day for revenge. It was then in mid-June, on what was called St. John and Paul's Day, that the Pied Piper finally returned. What happens on George and Ringo Day? <laughs> I, so I'd hate, I hate to ask. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. So this time he returns and plays a song on his flute that transfixes the town's children. Mm. That day, he lured 130 children out of Hamlin, sparing only those who simply couldn't hear them, Hear him because they were deaf mm-hmm. or could not follow because they were blind or had other disabilities. And those children were left to explain that the man lured the children away and drowned them in the river. Oh, my God. Just like the rats. Wow. So that's the actual story. Yikes. Of the Pied Piper of Hamlin. The way it's, I should say, commonly remembered, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I want to sort of talk about, like... This is what people agree the Pied Piper of Hamlin is about, but it's going to get a little trickier as we actually go into what this story is. Mm-hmm. But on its face, I think that that's a pretty familiar feeling yeah. sort of fairy tale. I think that probably <clears throat> a lot of people would hear the Pied Piper and they know that that means that they lead people somewhere. Leads and something somewhere and rats are involved. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's and what children. you basically had and that's what I had. And yeah, children yeah. are involved too. And then somebody comes along and they're tasked with making a Nightmare on Elm Street and they sort of want to fancy it up a bit. Yeah. So they tack on the Pied Piper legend. Right. The other thing that I, I, I'm struggling because <clears throat> I, I failed to validate this other belief I've had for a long time. Again, in that 2010s era, all these movies where it's like a ghost is haunting us and we either have to go to the library and fake Google it or... 
video chat with Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh my god, wait, what is that from? I think that's in Sinister, and I could yeah, swear. Yeah, I actually, I watched Sinister in the last month or something. That is, that does happen. I could swear somebody else Skypes with Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> in of, one of these movies. I kind of think so, too. It all blends together. Yeah, so it I, definitely does happen in Sinister, though. I could have sworn there was another movie that went, Oh, I was researching this other demon, and I got the Pied Piper of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. He made children follow him. Anyway, yeah. and then just move on. I could have sworn, but I couldn't find it. Hmm. And then I was watching Red Letter Media, a channel that I really, really like. Yep, same. And they reviewed the movie The Bye Bye Man. Was it that? Mike Staklasa, in the review, says they bring up The Bye Bye Man. Oh, they bring up The Pied Piper. Oh. So I watched The Bye Bye Man. Okay. Which I've already seen. Yeah. And paid money for in a theater to see. Right. I looked it up on Netflix and combed through it 50 different ways. I've seen more of the Bye Bye Man than anyone should ever have to see. So because you find it. you weren't... So did you not watch it straight through? You were just kind of like poking around through it? I went Do to... Do you feel like it took more time than just watching it? No. Okay. Thankfully, no. Yeah. Thankfully, no. I've definitely done that more with like YouTube videos where it's short anyway, but mm-hmm. I'm looking for a specific thing. And I'm like, if I just watch this whole thing, right. I would have found it and would have taken less time. No, because thankfully when you scrub ahead in like Netflix or YouTube or anything, you can see the the, the thumbnails yep. of what you're going to land on. All the frames are there. So in any of these horror movies from the 2010s, you just scrub until you see a library. Right. Oh, right, right. And you hit play on the library because there's going to be a library scene. Mm -hmm. And in the Bye Bye Man, he does go to the library. Okay. And it is an embarrassing scene. Is Vincent D'Onofrio there? Shockingly, no. Hmm. No, not in that one, at least. Okay. He was busy working on (laughs) Sinister that day. I I went to – it doesn't exist anymore. I went to the Museum of Crime and Punishment in D.C. like 10 years ago. And without any fanfare or or saying that it's him or anything, there was a diagram of how the electric chair works with Vincent D'Onofrio sitting in it as the example. And yeah, I, I, I have an old that. picture of it in my phone. And it was I just remember like, you sending is that me that. Vincent D'Onofrio? If and it, it was going to be any recognizable celebrity, <laughs> right. doesn't Vincent D'Onofrio feel oddly yes. appropriate? Right. It was like right by John Gacy's, John, John Gacy, John Wayne Gacy's paintings. Your friend John Gacy. <laughs> I know, I don't why know. Are you why. using a short <laughs> I don't form? know. I don't know. It was know. by John John's <laughs> exhibit. Oh, sorry. John Wayne Gacy. You may know him as John Wayne Gacy. My friend Pogo. <laughs> <clears throat> I would never be friends with Pogo William. Anyway, so let's talk about the the legend itself again. Mm-hmm. Less Vincent D'Onofrio and Bye Bye Man's because I couldn't find it in there. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's not in there, right? But whatever. It apparently is. I guess. Watch the Bye Bye Man. I I don't know what it's about. I've only ever heard about it from you talking about it. It's about what's it about? Ninety minutes. William. Chris. Uh, but what's it about? Um, there's a <laughs> don't so it was in a. It's hard. I don't think I can give you a short answer. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's I don't fine. think we can afford it. I'll Google it later. Everybody at home, you Google it. Let's move on. Don't think it. That's don't fine. say it. Don't see it. Don't worry about it. Get okay. it out of your mind. Okay. All right. So here's the origin of the Pied Piper myth. So it feels like a Grimm's fairy tale mm-hmm. or something. Like it's going to be one of these classic cautionary tales, right? When you make a promise, don't break it, right? You said you'd give the man money. Yeah. You didn't. So he came back and killed all your children. A harsh Grimm's fairy tale as a rough one lesson, and it did end up in a Grimm's fairy tale book, but it's not made up. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is the the shocking thing. According to Wikipedia, the earliest reference to the Pied Piper is on stained glass at the Church of Hamlin, and it was made around the year thirteen hundred. This stained glass depiction of the Pied Piper was later destroyed around 1660 but within those years there were enough accounts of the Having story itself it. to, to to verify that yeah the the earliest sort of incarnation around 1300 okay um so 700 years ago which is crazy yes the uh here's a quote the window is generally considered to have been created in memory of a tragic historical event for the town hamlin town records also apparently start with this event the earliest written record is from the town chronicles in an entry from 1384, which reportedly states, it is 100 years since our children left. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Yes. Everything. Now, Europe has a long memory. Mm-hmm. This is 
Yeah, hundreds of years before the United States is created. Right. It's an extremely, extremely old country. So they're even dating things based on when our children disappeared. Yeah. A hundred years ago, that means it was generations ago. Right. And they still remember it. It is. I mean, it sounds memorable. It is 100 years since our children left. They're still haunted by this. Um, a lot of architecture tells the story. Again, old place. This is how stories are preserved to some extent, written in stone. Right. Um, <clears throat> etched in stone all around us. There's the wedding house, which was constructed in the 1600s. Here's uh, what's written on the side. In the year of our Lord, 1284, went into the coppin, went into the coppin under custody. Uh, it's old. Okay. I don't yeah. Know, you know, 130 children born in Hamlin by a piper seduced and lost. The town gate, built uh, in the year 1556, so this is 272 years. It says, okay, it says, in the year 1556, 272 years after the magician stole 130 children from the city, this gate was founded. So again, like, they're dating every, it's like BC. Yeah. You know, but this is... Time what? starts at 130 children being taken by a magician. Yeah. They say here. So what happened? You bring up rats. Mm -hmm. I thought about rats too. I thought that this guy, similar to, um, is it St. Patrick got all the snakes out of I Ireland? Think so, yeah. I thought it was the same sort of deal. He right. got rid of all the, the rats out of Hamlin, out of this place in Germany. Maybe the plague, it's a plague of rats. Maybe the plague was literally. Mm -hmm. going around carried by rats right. or something like that. And so uh, we honor the guy who finally got rid of the rats for us. Mm -hmm. But here's the like weird thing. figurative. Right, yeah, yeah. So this event, whenever these 130 children disappear, which is apparently true, 1284, the earliest telling of that story where rats are in the equation isn't for 300 years. Hmm. In the 1500s, Rats are suddenly part of the story, but never before. Yeah. So it was all about the children originally. Huh. What happened to the children? Yeah. 130 kids. Then who was children? Who was children? And I can't stop thinking about Blair Witch. I mean, everything here, right? Yeah. Like, you think about like how brilliantly simple Blair Witch is about like it's in Maryland, one of the oldest places in our country. Mm -hmm given that the founding of our country is not that long ago. Right. But all these kids died. Why does the Burkittsville Cemetery have so many graves of children mm -hmm. dated to the 40s? Well, here you could say, why were there so many missing children right. in the year 1284? And were there actually? Right. You know? Like, is that... They all seem to say, yeah. Right. <clears throat> right? Like, even that one that was from 100 years Mm -hmm. Later, where they say, what do they say? They say, like, uh, it is 100 years since our children left. And since they left, like... Since they left, right. What does this mean? Right, that's true. Um, so then... Uh, and could it be... <clears throat> I mean, you mentioned the plague before, so I'm completely just spitballing. But could it be that, like, I don't know, a bunch of people died due to a wave of some sort of sickness. Right. But obviously the deaths of children sort of hit in a more tragic way in a lot of ways. So could they be, be marking it by the deaths of the children, but it wasn't just the children who left? Like, I have no idea. I'm now, making well, that up. No, no, no. Kristen, you're starting to think like a historian. Because hmm. that is exactly, exactly oh, really? one of the interpretations. So <clears throat> there are a lot of modern ways of contextualizing this stuff. Because you can't... You can't dispute that all of this text is there saying 1284, 130 children are taken. Yeah. Sometimes they say magician. History tells us Pied Piper. Mm -hmm. Is he a metaphor for something whisking them away? Right. And could it, yeah, literally be the plague or some other, you know, natural tragedy? Um, uh, so a lot of them did say sickness, illness. Um, but again, I would say rats were not added to the story until the 1500s. Yeah. So they couldn't have been talking about sickness necessarily. I mean, they could have been. Right. But rats specifically, which obviously... Well, the rats turn it into the morality tale, like you were saying. Like, don't yeah, screw right. people over. So you're maybe right. they were added for that reason. Yeah, that, that, that could be true and could still be sickness ahead of that time, I yeah. suppose. But I've also got this. 
Another modern interpretation reads the story as alluding to an event where Hamlin children were lured away by a pagan or heretic sect to forests for ritual dancing where they all perished during a sudden landslide or collapsing sinkhole. So this combines two theories, really. Yeah. One, a landslide or a sinkhole could have killed them. Mm-hmm. Two, maybe they were lured away by a pagan or some, and they blame that pagan. Right, right. Like right. he seduced them. He changed their minds against our ways. Yeah. He took our children away. Maybe they're not dead. Right. They went off. Yeah, maybe went off to have a, a party. Have a party. Have a yeah. pagan party. But I do love that this particular theory is like, no, they were maybe they were whisked away by a pagan, and, <laughs> and then there then. was, and then there was a sinkhole. Yeah, I mean, it right. It's like not impossible, but like. I mean, it's a lot of things that happen to these children in a short amount of time. That's that a lot. Seem out of the ordinary. You know, it's a big day. Yeah, it's a big day. There's this other theory that I think is very interesting. Immigration. Not, oh, okay. not immigration in, uh-huh. emigration out. Yeah. Did they leave? Right? Right. And so the theory here, which I like, and I think makes a certain amount of sense, <clears throat> it's not literally children. It's the children oh. of Hamlin. Yeah, Like, yeah, we yeah. are the children of Earth. Right. We are children of New Jersey. Right. Even though we're in our 30s, you right. know? And I, I like that theory quite a bit. Yeah. I think that's that kind be. of interesting. It's sensible. Yes, it's sensible. There evidently are records of, like, um, names that had been local to Hamlin that appeared throughout history in the accompanying regions. But mm-hmm. I think that makes sense of any long enough timeline. Yeah. So, point is, you can't necessarily pin that one down. But I also have this other theory. And this I think I knew about. But whoa. Mm-hmm. Dancing mania. Oh, okay. Do you know about this? Not re- I guess not. I No. So, somewhere around the 13th century which is exactly when this story is, 1284, 13th century, mm-hmm. there were... Sorry, s- sure God, that scared me. The, the scariest thing oh. on this show is when our Apple watches start yeah. talking to us. God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there were several outbreaks of dancing mania. Literally, groups of people suddenly breaking into dance, mm-hmm. unable to stop themselves. Yeah. Um, some people call it a real condition. Um, it seems to have stopped uh-huh. ab- pretty abruptly somewhere around the 17th century, which is weird. Yeah. Evidently, one of the modern beliefs about it is that it's almost like an epidemic of a psychological thing where some people might believe, and so they, they are dancing and can't stop, but it's all in the mind. Right. Some people are just going along with it. Yeah, everybody else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. I may yeah. as well dance too. But here's a crazy story. In 1237, there was an event in which a large group of children traveled approximately 12 miles, jumping and dancing the entire way, said to have dancing mania. That's a long way. Yes. This is like documented as like an early sort of like hysteria. Yeah, that's a lot of dancing. Not an American hysteria. German hysteria. A spinoff of Chelsea Weber Smith's podcast. (laughs) German hysteria. Um, supposedly St. John the Baptist sent down this curse, forcing people to dance, a dancing plague. So is that to blame? Everybody was all of a sudden dancing without the ability to stop and either disappeared or dropped dead from it. You know, it's so crazy. Like, these things happen, obviously, a million years before the internet existed. Yeah. But I'm sure that they were documenting it to the best of their ability. Right. Um, you know, all of these things, not just Dancing Mania, hoping that it's saved for posterity. And yet it's not. So, like, we're looking at all these things and speculating about whether they're metaphors, whether they're real. Yeah. Whatever. You're right. But they're, it's unavoidable. They're it's- just the facts, like, cold, hard, provable facts are lost to time because they didn't happen in a time where they could be preserved in a way that's totally verifiable. And the crazy thing is, I just want to hear someone talk about it. Yeah. It'd be like, this is what it was like. Right. Factually. Nobody's around to do that. And it, even that probably wouldn't be factual. The second you start telling a story. Right. You're putting you're, your own stuff on it. You can't help it. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, you make changes to something. Right. Um, but it's just so... It's just so wild. Yeah. You know? So the the last thing I really have to tell you about the Pied Piper is this. So as I said, I, I did go back and I watched some Bye Bye Man. Mm-hmm. I also watched some A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 okay. movie. Didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah. 
I just skipped until I saw a library. Because mm-hmm. there is one. You can do this with most horror movies. <laughs> They'll the head to the library. They yeah. all go to the library. Mothman Prophecy. You Not know, a horror movie. Does he go but to the library? Yeah. They all go to the library. Yes. It makes sense. Where else are you going to look up facts? I know, but like you can just like... And storytelling is a rhythm. Follow me at the Myth Traveler and TheMythTraveler.com. I talk a lot about story structure yep. on my site. Uh, you can see I literally give you tools for developing your own stories. And you can literally watch me write and break ideas. As of recording this very morning, I streamed. Uh, to a select crew of my backers mm-hmm. and uh, broke an entire story where yeah. I was like, I can't believe we're moving this fast. And it was super fun. You, you don't see anybody stream writing. I think right. for good reason. Why don't you explain what breaking is? Breaking is like uh, not only having uh, like you can go like, I've got a good idea, but how are you actually going to sort of like enact it? What are the what a, what happens first? What happens in the middle? What happens at the end? Mm-hmm. And so there are different schools of thought about how you structure a story. So I talk a lot about that. I have my own favorites. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I'm decent at what I do, but I would Definitely. not pretend to be the authority or anything. You can see my methods. Yeah. TheMythTraveler.com uh, and exclusive stuff just for my paid backers over there, which is super fun. But mm-hmm. so um, it's just interesting to me looking at two 2010s era movies and being like, and I'm sure it's more than that, but I'm, it's a, an aesthetic. It's a, the 2010s horror movies are such a style. Oh, yeah. It's hard to, to not look at them and go like, oh, they all have the same sickness. Yeah, it's, it's like undeniable. But uh, looking at them, I was like, you literally can just sort of scrub around and then just see like, oh, they go to the library here because they have to. Right. They always go to the library at, some, at this point in a horror movie. Yeah. So I'm putting up on the screen right now, and it's a little hard to see. But in A Nightmare on Elm Street, when he's talking about the Pied Piper, they show a picture. So I took a picture of it, and the Pied Piper that they depict is basically wearing a Freddy Krueger-esque fedora, <laughs> and then he's wearing all brown. I misremembered it as the as the Pied Piper wearing red and green, Okay, and it being like in- embarrassing how the much they're trying to tie the Pied Piper to him. Right. But the crazy thing is, then when I was researching the lore, the real-life folklore of the Pied Piper, one of the most classic images of the Pied Piper He's wearing red and green stripes. Yeah. Granted, they're vertical. He looks more like a, a clown or something. Like right. Like a jester type clown. Right. But in the Nightmare on Elm Street movie, they actually muted huh. the Pied Piper. Surprising restraint. And the quote unquote real Pied Piper did wear Freddy Krueger colors. Yeah, you're right. Which is weird to me. That is strange. It's just strange is all I'm saying. Yeah, it's surprising. Yes. But there you go. So that that is that is my coverage of the Pied Piper, and it's sort of the the way that it's mostly irritated me. Yeah, uh, being referenced in in horror films and stuff. Now there have been countless adaptations. Um, uh, Bethany mm-hmm. of an acquired taste and the check in. Yep. Um, sent me that Russell Brand had a book about the Pied Piper. So certainly, I think that this is a, a fairy tale that has sort of like lived and and gone on, and people do still seem to enjoy. Yeah. But certainly, when I saw them talking about Freddy Krueger and the Pied Piper, my feeling was, no one knows about this. <sighs> no one cares about this. You're only putting it in the movie to elevate the material. Right. Like, this is based on an old book thing. Which implies to me that you're a little embarrassed about the material. I don't think it implies that. If you've got a, can you just make a Freddy Krueger movie without having you to dress it up? You certainly can, but I think it, adding something highfalutin can just be that on its own without being like because this is schlock. You know, like, when they they compare uh, Jason Voorhees to Frankenstein, <laughs> I haven't heard that. They did. Uh huh. But you know why you didn't hear about it? Because there's not a scene where somebody goes like, "Why this this creature chasing us feels like He's... um Mary Shelley's <laughs> terrifying creation." No, the monster. They jokingly hit him with a bolt of lightning, and he comes back to life. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. They just do like a, they use it mm-hmm. rather than ha- stop the movie and have somebody go. He reminds me of. Uh, remember Mary had a little lamb. Right. That's why you count sheep when you go to sleep. Like you know, like some overwrought. Stretched thin premise. Yeah. yeah. Trying to dress it it's up. It's also just like Don't a, be embarrassed. A, a thing to tie scary stuff to children's rhymes. That's true. And too. comment on nursery rhymes being freaky and the Brothers Grimm and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's too. kind of using that. I just want to say, whenever somebody makes Freddy Krueger again, yeah. don't be embarrassed of it. Just tell the dang story and have fun. Right, right. Have a good time. 
Um, all right. So I'm going to talk about the crooked man who is a pop culture figure who's also born from nursery rhyme. But first, we got a little something to talk about. We do. Let's talk about Debbie Draws Funny. Debbie Draws Funny is a one woman show. It's a, a stationary business available online and in 700 shops across the U.S. and Canada. Every single greeting card, sticker, tote bag, etc., whatever she's got is hand-drawn and covers a variety of whatever makes you laugh. Honestly, like if you enjoy it in pop culture, Debbie's probably got it. From the dark humor of true crime and the paranormal to funny animals to 80s and 90s nostalgia. Um, I believe that there is some murder she wrote designed merch up there and I've I've recently gotten into that world and it's really speaking to me. I... I think I'll, I'll be jumping in shortly behind you. That's really good. Uh, Debbie Draws Funny has been featured in Glamour, Pop Sugar, New York Times, and Dateline even liked and commented on her Keith Morrison line of greeting cards. Seriously, the highlight of her life, she writes, which is really cool. That is wild. They are amazing designs. If you yeah. are listening right now, we cannot do them justice by telling you about them. You need to follow and look. They are fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Go to DebbieDrawsFunny.com to see what we're talking about. And actually, just recently, Debbie has launched a Patreon and has tiers starting as low as $3 and up to $15 a month. And at that $15 a month tier, you will, you will receive a monthly exclusive art print and sticker in the mail now on the show last week we talked about that what that is but just to recap for the month of september when you sign up which is when we're recording live you get this really cool print of like mushrooms at night with ghosts kind of popping out from behind the toadstools there are maybe like lightning bugs or little stars behind and in the print version it's expanded so you see that they're in like foggy mossy woods and it's super awesome they are absolutely beautiful yeah absolutely beautiful yeah i'm not just an advertiser i'm also a customer i have shopped debbie draws funny multiple times because i genuinely love her work yep and she has a special deal actually for our listeners yep use promo code gttu pod for 20% off your order at DebbieDrawsFunny.com. That's promo code GTTUPOD, 20% off DebbieDrawsFunny.com. Highly recommend. Yeah. Highest of recommends. Oh, totally. This style, I, I don't think is, is it, it fits Guide to the Unknowns. Like it, yeah, it, it's it's playful, but yes. also genuinely spooky and kind of like beautiful and it atmospheric. Evokes, it evokes horror the way I like best. Yeah. It's spooky and fun and inviting. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Totally. And then it. there's also a bunch of stuff that isn't, e- like, like she said, there's also just pop culture stuff that isn't even spooky. Yep. So if there's somebody in your life who that's not their bag, you can still probably find something mm-hmm. on DebbieDrawsFunny.com. Really awesome stuff. And if that person says, that's just not my bag. Say, listen, Austin Powers, Mm -hmm. go check it out. (laughs) I think you'll find something you like. (laughs) You'll figure it out. It will be your bag, baby. (laughs) Um, Also, go check out patreon.com slash GTTU pod. This is how Guide to the Unknown keeps the lights on, even though we prefer the lights off. That's right. Um, But this past Monday, we've got an exclusive podcast out there where Kristen and I watch Unsolved Mysteries. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a monthly recurring segment uh, for the immediate future until we get sick of it. Right. Um, Literally, we looked up celebrities who have been on Unsolved Mysteries, watched Matthew McConaughey roar. Oh, sure. And then watched some ghost stuff, too, which was mind-boggling. Yes. Mind-boggling. Yeah, it was It was the ghosts of Deadwood, as told by Unsolved Mysteries in the 90s. Oh, couldn't And it ruled. What more could you want? I know. I'll tell you what. This Monday, we're going to have yes. a new episode. We just recorded it where Kristen and I rank stuff. Mm-hmm. We've done this several times before. There's a popular thing online where you, you put things in different tiers and debate what's better than something else. But here's the twist. It's There's all sc- always a twist. <laughs> it's all scream stuff. They always come time. back. We, Scream always comes back we one last couldn't time. Resist. We looked at some scre- We looked at a bunch of different options, and then we just gravitated towards Scream stuff, and we ranked Scream kills, Scream killers. You're gonna have to check it out. It's coming up on Monday. There are different tiers there. They get you different amounts of episodes. The highest one is the Demon tier for thirteen bucks a month. Gets you an exclusive podcast every single. Monday. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Yes, please do. All right, let's get crooked.
baby. Time to get crooked, y'all. Yeah. So just in case you out there don't know who the crooked man is, um, he was most recently popularized by The Conjuring 2. Now, I'm saying recent, but it came out in 2016. However, I still feel like The Conjuring universe looms large in the minds of most horror fans. Absolutely. I'm surprised it was that long ago. I am too, to tell you the truth. So I'm going to explain what his deal is in The Conjuring 2 to maybe jog everybody's memories. Then we'll talk about some other places that he's popped up origins etc what is the deal with the crooked man and why is he so crooked <laughs> uh <laughs> that wasn't really seinfeld that was a little keith morrison not I the think, voice but i think i attempted to do a bad jerry seinfeld and i think you did kramer doing jerry seinfeld oh my god you're right it did kind of sound like yeah. that yeah okay so the conjuring 2 is another haunted house movie from the twisted minds of ed and lorraine warren not exactly. Well, they didn't write it. Well, you know, you know, <laughs> whatever. You know what's going on. Um, they are helping a family who is in dire straits, basically, and helping this is much. where, <laughs> yeah, wait, like, does like fixing the sink. That does like plumbing and yeah. <laughs> anyway, sings Elvis to them. Yeah. Um. So here, he, I'm just going to explain the crooked man parts. Not an exhaustive thing of The Conjuring too. Right. But here's the deal: that he, he first appears when one of the children of the house in the middle of the night hears their dog at the door downstairs um you know barking and whining and doing the things dogs do so he goes down the stairs to let the, to let the dog out and the dog morphs into the crooked man did you right. remember this i did not no i forgot i forgot the, the you're right i forgot about that the dog turns into the crooked man this reminds me of one of my all-time favorite tweets um which was somebody who posted like i guess probably a gif of an old snoop dog video where he morphs into a doberman pincher oh yeah uh-huh. and the tweet just says can he still do that <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> my funny. twitter is basically just a repository for me to go back and look at my own timeline and retweets yeah. of things that people have tweeted that amuse me that's pretty funny and when i do that and i hit that one i'm like oh, i love this one that's good <laughs> can he still do that can he still do that because <laughs> it's just random in the music video so he just turns it's so stupid it's like from the 90s um so anyway it's he's doing a reverse snoop dog here where the dog morphs into the crooked man yeah. who is this like super duper extremely tall humanoid figure with grayish kind of wrinkly skin sharp sharp teeth a purple hat pulled down to basically its lips with two beady black eyes appearing through the hat and then wire rimmed glasses. He looks like through holes in the hat? Yeah. Oh. And then the wire rimmed glasses are like, you know, kind of hovering on the rim. Weird. Okay. That is true, right? I think Are you I, pulling him up right now? No, no, no. I wanted to see who played the crooked man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about him. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh Javier Botet. Mm-hmm. Botet. Yeah. I'm not sure. Right. Anyway, he's like, yeah, no, you're right about that. He's, his his glasses are almost like on the brim of yes. the hat. Okay, thank God. You know what's weird? Yeah. The Crooked Man looks like a Pokemon. He does look like, I know, you know, I couldn't put my finger on it. He does look like some sort of, yeah, character that's somewhat familiar to me. I was thinking perhaps Shades of Goomba yeah the mario brothers movie because yep. of the teeth and like the shape of the part of his head that's sticking out you're right but obviously not the hat and everything you know what's weird for anybody who's watching the video version if you look up just like the crooked man you'll probably find this photo mm -hmm. it's just zoomed in on his face he looks happy yeah <laughs> like, can you I imagine his, he his, doesn't seem happy his glasses are like almost like down the bridge of his nose a little yeah. bit like a kind old grandma or santa claus or something <laughs> yeah you're totally right he just looks like he's having a nice day i i guess terrorizing this family is his version of a nice day but I he's guess. definitely growly and scary yeah so um he is you know he's like coming after the kid he's growling and it's almost like he hasn't totally shaken off his dog form right yet and he's growling and coming after the kid and he uses his umbrella which is sort of his cane to hook the kid's ankle and make him fall down okay it's all awesome i think okay um and and freaky so the kid runs to his family who are all together in one room after having to deal with so much scary stuff at night i guess there's just a strength in numbers vibe going on in the house and they hear a voice booming out this poem coming down the hall. Now, it's not the original Crooked Man poem. It's like the twisted version for The Conjuring 2. 
And it doesn't, reading it, me reading it, it doesn't really rhyme and flow, but I didn't notice that watching it because you're so much, I guess, just sort of like, what the hell? And there are other things going on. You're hearing things crashing and breaking, but he's saying in a cool, scary voice, there was a crooked man and he walked a crooked mile. The crooked man stepped forth and rang the crooked bell and thus his crooked soul spiraled into a crooked hell murdered his crooked family and laughed a crooked laugh. And then where they when they see where this voice is coming from, it's actually one of the kids in the family, Janet, who finishes the poem and then collapses on the floor. Hmm. Um so this is one of the the big events that happens. That's, That's a pretty like, big event. It's a biggie. It's weird that it started with dog to crooked man to little girl. Yeah. That's weird. I know I guess it was just inhabiting different living things yeah. in the house. Um, so the next big memorable thing from The Conjuring 2 with the Crooked Man happens when Ed Warren and Lorraine are now there and investigating and, like, sleeping over and living there, I guess. Um, they, they just gotta find a new haunting, so they have a- grifters. They have a place to live. Yeah, right. I'll fix your pipes if you let me stay. Yeah. Oh, there's a demon here. I'm sure you don't have a ghost for me to hunt or- Make myself useful? Couldn't you have fixed the ghost situation on day one and left- (laughs) No, we, we'd we better stay here and live here for a while. We prefer to stay for a few weeks. <laughs> Please. Um, so the kids in the house have a zoetrope, which you have too. Yep. Um, it's this round toy that has an image inside of it and then a bunch of tilted mirrors kind of along the walls of this circular thing that you can turn. And then it looks like the image is moving like a cartoon. It's kind of like almost like a flip book or something. Yeah. Um, and it has a, like a lanky dude in it who basically looks like the crooked man with an umbrella. Um, he doesn't look as scary as the crooked man, but you get that vibe and it plays like like a crooked man-y sort of tune. Uh, so it's, it's set. I, I put this here. I guess it says it during this zoetrope playing and it sings it. I'm remembering. Okay. It sings this, um, a similar song, but less twisted than the previous one. There was a crooked man and he went a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked style. He bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse and they all lived together in a little crooked house. Mm, So it's a little kid's toy. You spin it, it sings this song and it shows this guy moving. Okay. Eventually, Ed Warren hears this going off in the middle of the night when everybody is asleep and he goes to investigate and the kids have like a little um, fort set up that has the zoetrope in there. So he goes into it to check it out and the man in the zoetrope disappears from the toy all of a sudden where you would be seeing this lanky man walking. It's not happening anymore. And then he appears in real life in front of Ed Warren, looking all scary as we described. Yeah, I remember that. It's almost jump scarish, like he's yeah. right in his face. Yeah, he's like right because it's a little kid's tent, so yeah, yeah. an adult man is taking up most of the space in there. Yeah. And then yet the crooked man is all of a sudden right there with him, so they're yeah. super close. And um, he, you know, he basically goes like crashing off into the walls of the house and going all nuts. And it ends up being that the crooked man in this story isn't necessarily his own demon or bad guy, but a vehicle used by the big bad of the story, Valak, the nun, um, to freak out the people in the home. Always comes back to Valak. Always comes back to Valak. So he he's really just sort of a, a character that's used by Valak to pawn. scare these people. Yeah, a, a manifestation pawn. or something. Kind of just just <clears throat> like it, it seems like Valak is almost just animating something <clears throat> in the home and turning it into something scary. Like if they had a Blue's Clues book, it would have been Blue the dog. Right, a scary version of Blue. Or Mr. Salt and Mrs. Pepper. <laughs> I don't know who they are. Or or their daughter Paprika. Of course, that sounds cute. Yeah. That sounds nice. Is that in Blue's Clues? Yeah, it's really cute. I like that. Um, so here's the origin of the Crooked Man, because they, they didn't make up the Crooked Man from whole cloth for The Conjuring. This was a nursery rhyme. And I think this will be the last time that I'm reading it. But just to refresh everybody's memory, here's what the deal is. It is a rhyme that was first recorded in print by James Orchard Hallowell in 1842. Hmm. But we don't know who actually first wrote it. He's just the first person to, to write, it, write down. it down. Yeah. And what the original poem is 
is the one that was playing on the zoetrope and not the scary version. There was a crooked man and he went a crooked mile. He found a crooked sixpence against a crooked style. He bought a crooked cat, which caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a little crooked house. So I read that again to remind you because some people say that the poem was inspired by the English town Lavenham because it had homes that were built leaning at like odd angles toward each other. So crooked and had colorful roofs. So it was sort of like a a whimsical looking place that maybe could inspire like a a kid's cute nursery rhyme. Because there are about a thousand ways to interpret crooked. Well, here's another one. Um, so other people say that it's a metaphor for some stuff that went down in English and Scottish Parliament, the crooked house being the establishment and the crooked man being Sir Alexander Leslie, who was trying to broker some sort of deal. Crooked meaning corrupt. Right. Damn it. Because I was going to I was saving it, but I can imagine some sort of a lofty, um, you know, the cover of the New York Times <laughs> And it says the crooked, the crooked man. man. And, and it's it, like Trump or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, that's re- those two things are like the real life. Like, like it makes, it's probably inspired by one of these. It makes a lot more sense in English politics. I don't think the, the crooked man has much of a history over here in the colonies. Yeah, I, I suppose. I suppose yeah. not. Um, so it was included in children's poetry books and nursery rhyme books a bunch of times over time until it became a well-known nursery rhyme, the way that a lot of them just are and that right. you just know. But it's one of those that has an unsettling vibe. Like, there's nothing that's explicitly scary about it. But like you said, like, just the word crooked has a negative connotation a lot of the time. So your mem- your uh, your mind can kind of, like, spin you there. Uh, so it, it started to become a thing. But when did it become, like, a scary thing and, yes. like, a recent thing right. is the question. So the timeline isn't exact. And obviously, my mind first goes to The Conjuring in 2016. I think that's the first time I'd ever heard of The Crooked Man. Man I don't think I've ever heard that nursery rhyme before. I do remember it from being a kid. Okay. I, I I don't when you when you read the original just there, it it's one of those things where it's like I, I think it's the only way I can say it is like just like you just described, right? Sometimes we all just know a nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously we had to hear it from something. You don't literally know it from nothing. Right. But it didn't make a ginormous impact on you. It's just something that was said around you. Mm-hmm. And maybe somebody read it in preschool or something. And I remember the sound of it. But you were like, he found a crooked penny ag- against a crooked style. Yeah. Like, what is this? St- like a turnstile? Like to get to a I don't bus? Know. I, I, I don't know. But yeah. like the sound of that. I do remember hearing that as a kid. I know. Even as you're saying crooked style, that rings a bell. But maybe they use the word style in other nursery rhymes, and I'm thinking of that. Maybe. I don't know. But that's the point is, like, it's so not an impactful story from my childhood. Mm -hmm. But it was there. Yeah, but you have an awareness of it being there. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a lot of people, myself included, I think that really the first time that they had an awareness of it might have been from The Conjuring 2 in 2016. But... It definitely was about before that because there was a Crooked Man RPG video game that was released in 2012 Hmm. and then it got remastered in 2018 where he's a scary bad guy. And I'm going to talk about the plot of that in, in just a second. And he also appears in The Wolf Among Us, another video game in 2013. So in the Crooked Man video game from 2012, you play as this guy, David, who moves into a haunted apartment amidst a hard time in his life. So he's going through some emotional stuff. He finds a letter there, which leads him to another letter and another letter. And he's basically chasing this story through letters. And along the way, he meets a cast of characters, obviously, and goes to different locations where in every location, he sees a scary man with a bent neck in oh. every place that he goes. And it's very <clears throat> much a bent neck lady, like the yeah. exact same sort of look from The Haunting of Hill House. Interesting. So you basically move through this game solving puzzles and avoiding the crooked man. That's essentially the thrust of the game. In the end, you find out that this person, the crooked man, is a guy named Duke who used to live in your David's apartment and had many of the same problems in life as David when he moved in, emotional stuff going on, and that this person, Duke, eventually killed himself. 
Um, so in the end, when David discovers this, he puts Duke's soul to rest and leaves an offering of cigarettes at his grave. Oh, okay. And that's how it ends. So it seems like one of those video games that's like a little bit of like an emotional journey story. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as just a puzzle and a fun game to play. That sounds interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I hadn't heard of it either. Yeah. Like I said, there was a remaster in 2018. Hmm. So maybe it's something yeah, to look, look into. Um, and then in The Wolf Among Us, which is a video game I played, it's one of those, uh, there's a company called Telltale Games that made The Walking Dead video games and uh, some Batman games. And it's very much like a choose your own adventure sort of game yeah. with like almost no like combat. And it's like very, very easy when there is combat. It's kind of like playing through a comic book or something. Yeah. Um, and actually, The Wolf Among Us is based on a comic series that's called Fables, The Wolf Among Us. And the Crooked Man has a plot line in that comic book and then a corresponding plot line in the video game. Interesting. So he is the main bad guy in the video game. But he doesn't bear a resemblance to other versions of the Crooked Man that he's that we've seen. Um, and, and this video game and comic book, they are sort of making these characters from Grimm's fairy tales and nursery rhymes like real life people. So that's not super surprising. Like the big bad wolf is basically the main character. And it's just like a very gruff guy. You okay. know what I mean? Like he can turn into a wolf or whatever, but he doesn't look like that all the time. Um, so the way the Crooked Man looks in this is just kind of like a scary bad guy, albeit with some asymmetry due to an eye injury where one of his lower <clears throat> eyelids hangs down low. So you could think of that as crooked okay. because it's not exactly symmetrical. It's subtle. Yeah. Um, he's kind of a mob boss, basically, who dispatches henchmen to do his bidding. And they meet in a place called the Crooked Lair. So he's facially, physically crooked. Yep. And also yes. of character. Yes. Okay, so he's both. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, so yeah, he, he's the big bad through like a whole bunch of stuff going on. How about how about a crooked man who um, his body's entirely crooked, but he's very ethical? Oh, my. He's very orderly. Yeah. Then I, I don't know if I'd call him the crooked man then. Or a guy who is a mob boss, but his body is as straight as a pin. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a crooked man, I suppose. He's slightly more crooked still, than the crooked yeah. guy who's very moral. Yeah, right. I, I think I think that the um, the negative connotation of crooked looms large over the word. I may be a bit crooked, but my body is very, very, it's very, very straight. Perfectly straight. What are you gonna call me? Still the crooked man. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. I'm resigned to it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now here is the internet lore of the Crooked Man, because it turns out the Crooked Man is also kind of a Slender Man-esque figure. Really? Yes. E-lore. Yeah, E-lore. Um, Something nobody says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I-lore. Not that either. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you, I mean, you face, a, you face death uh, if you face off against the Crooked Man. There's a whole suicide storyline okay. with the Crooked Man, basically. Right. So here, here's what the deal is. Um, it's a little unclear to me when exactly this popped up, uh, but it seems like it must have happened sometime in the 2010s because I found a website with the extended Crooked Man poem, which if you say he comes for you. Are from, you going to say it? Yes. Okay. Uh, from 2015. So that was before The Conjuring. So the rule is that if you say it out loud, the crooked man is going to somehow get you and get you to kill yourself. Here is the extended poem. If you if you feel this is a risk at all, turn off your TV sets. Turn off your radios. Here we go. <laughs> if you're listening to us on the radio. <laughs> How'd you do that? How'd you do that? Yeah. All right. There was a crooked man who walked a crooked mile and he found a crooked six sixpence against a crooked style. He bought a crooked, crooked cat who caught a crooked mouse, and they all lived together in a crooked little house. But the crooked man was sad, and once he had a thought, why should he be crooked when others, they were not? Wait a minute. We've, yeah. cha we've totally changed the kind of poetry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the, the original po poem, it's like, 
He bought a crook at this, and he bought a crook at that, yes, and he did a little crooked thing. A little house. The crooked Man was sad, and once he had a thought, yeah, it's a different poem yeah, thing. a different poem now. Yep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but the crooked Man was sad, and once he had a thought, why should he be crooked when others, they were not? Everything was worthless. He heaved a great big sigh, and he went and found a rope and tied it to the sky. Upon a chair he stood, his eyes were blank and dead. Without another thought, he went and hung his head. Now the story's not yet over, for this tale is mythed and old. Go hide under the cover, there's something not yet told. There once was a crooked man who had a crooked smile, and if you've lived his life, he'll send you through a trial. He lives for your torment, makes it full of strife, and he won't be content until you take your life. Oh. Right, so if you say this out loud, yeah. he's going to come for you. I don't like that. So. Thank God I didn't. I know. I got... <laughs> guess i'm in grave danger so glad i didn't say yeah. it myself <laughs> so i mean that's the whole thing with it but it, he's just yet another uh like dapper man that the internet sort of has yeah. glommed onto and yeah. made myth- like a mythological mythological monster so he's not as big as slender man or the hat man but uh every girl's crazy about a sharp dressed man i guess i guess so did you write that down yes i did <laughs> <laughs> How come there's not some, like, big, fat slob? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, covered in flies, wearing a hoodie. I don't know. There should be. Right? Yeah. It's Maybe time. it's time. Slobs. Slob rise. gang rise. Slob, slob hive rise up. Yeah, come on, slob hive. Who's yeah. with me? I'm with you. I accidentally wore my pajama pants here today. <laughs> <laughs> I changed out of them. I changed out of my jeans when I got home from work. Toot sweet. Yeah. Probably my pajama pants and I just rolled on over. Kristen's been awake since 3.45 in the morning. Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, so the last thing I want to talk thing I want to talk about is the movie spinoff of the, of, uh, the Crooked Man, which seems like it's not happening. I want to talk about more somehow. <laughs> I know there's not more on the page, but I'm enjoying myself. But, I know. But fine. Talk about this. Movie. I know. No, I mean, there's no more to the e lore of the oh, Crooked Man. Not... No, that that's it. That... They just said we're gonna make it. Yeah. They. Oh no. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the e lore again. Oh, 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 I'm oh, saying oh. there's no more to the e lore of it. It's really just this extended poem. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think there are some versions that are just slightly tweaked, not in a of huge course. way. Yeah. Um, but the end is always the same. That he's gonna come get you. All right. But I, I know there. I wish there was more to say about that. But there is a little bit of something to say about the movie spinoff, which does not seem to be happening. Oh. But not long after the Conjuring came out. A spinoff of The Crooked Man was announced, but it seems like it stalled. I haven't even found any news articles about it from the last couple of years. I think the latest one was 2020. Um, but the fandom.wiki.com for The Conjuring and The Crooked Man basically has a perfect sum up of what's going on with the movie and what people have said. So I'm just going to read it verbatim. And there is there are links in the show notes. But these are just quotes from people who worked on it. So the first one is... With The Crooked Man, I would love to push it more down somewhat of, of that dark fairy tale and more whimsical subgenre, said James Wan back in 2017. I love the idea that within The Conjuring universe, each of our little movies have their own flavor, so that way they don't feel like they're on, they don't feel like they're the same films. In 2018, so the next year, producer Peter Safran told Cinema Blend, quote, we're still working on the script for it. The bar is set very high for the movies that we want to make in the Conjuring universe. And until we get to that place, we're not interested in putting one of these out there into the universe. Okay. Uh, I still think The Crooked Man could be a very interesting and different story. And then he said that uh, the project had taken a backseat to the nun due to audience interest. There are a bunch of things that we're exploring in Annabelle Comes Home that I just love. I think they're going to be great. Frequently, the audience tells you what the next one should be. When we did The Conjuring 2, we all thought the crooked man would be the next one out the gate. We just loved it. It was just a great character. Instead, the audience was so fascinated by the nun. It's not that we won't do Crooked Man, but you kind of have to balance out the franchise. I'm sure that we have ideas of what we want to do beyond this from the artifact room, but I suspect that we'll probably, the audience will tell us exactly what we should be doing. That's interesting. So it's, it kind of sounds to me like they, before the movie was even out, kind of had plans to make the crooked man a thing yeah. thinking that he would be the character that pops from this and then they were surprised to find out that it was actually the nun it was valak people right like valak right so it, it <clears throat> all indication is that 
the audience didn't tell them that we want more Crooked Man. Yeah. And so it doesn't seem like we're going to be getting more Crooked Man. That is interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember the response at the time being like, why why this big, silly, supernatural monster? This right. big CGI creature. Yep. Even though the he looks CGI, but he's not. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's played by Hi- Javier I think that there's I think there are still CGI aspects to it. There's a oh, person there in I'm there. I'm certain there are. The face. Right. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, I believe he's a performer with Marfan syndrome. Yes, he is. And so he's able to, his, his limbs are very, very long, and he's able to contort his body in really interesting ways. And he's super tall. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, so I think there are a lot of reasons why the Crooked Man does work, but I do remember at the time people not really being so hot on it. Mm-hmm. And Valak... The evil nun is sort right. of obvious, yeah. and yet I can't think of another movie where there's a big scary nun. Right. 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 No, it's so true. just like they 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 hit on something that we all feel like we've already seen before, mm-hmm. but somehow nobody but sometimes made that we, movie. We like things that are reminiscent of things we've already seen before. It's exactly. comfortable. Like yes. scary nuns are a thing. Scary nuns have always been a thing, but right. for some reason. Valak didn't exist until 2016. Right. It was weird. Yes. It's it weird that it took so is. long for that thing that I think we all go like, I'm sure I've seen this before, mm-hmm. but no. No. Um, so yeah, they were off and running and they made the nun. Mm-hmm. Did they make a second nun? Are there two nuns? They didn't make it yet, but I think that they are going to or, you know, already finished it or something. But I do think that that's a thing. Yeah. Because it was a humongous hit. It was. It's like the, the nun. Top, it made like a bajillion dollars. I think it's like the top grossing of the Conjuring movies. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. So, you know, watch this space for more none, but unfortunately not more Crooked Man. Now, you love the Crooked Man. You think about him all the time. You didn't bring that up. I know. After we watched The Conjuring 2 for the show at some point, like, honestly, watching it, the Crooked Man doesn't make a humongous impression on me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. But then for some reason, he was in my subconscious. Yeah. I guess. And I just kept picturing the Crooked Man being in scary places in my life. Okay. So walking the dog, seeing the Crooked Man sort of like on the edge of the woods, Things like this. Is it? Is it the gangly, gawky? I think it is. <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. But I also genuinely think it's as simple as just proximity time-wise. Yeah. Like, I picture freaky things to myself, you know, kind of often. Sure. And I honestly think I was walking crumbs. I just watched The Conjuring 2. And I think that I thought to myself, oh, man, what if somebody was sitting at that, like, weird picnic bench that's, like, right on the edge of where there was, like, a little bit of a more i don't know weeded area mm-hmm. and then i think it was as simple as like oh, i saw a scary thing recently the crooked crooked man what if he was just sitting there yeah 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 um so i don't actually like have super strong feelings about the crooked man i, I think it's neat but yeah okay mm-hmm. crooked man v pied piper hmm. is this a movie you would watch <laughs> <laughs> I need the audience to tell me. <laughs> right, we need to we need to hear what the audience responds to before we yeah. work on Pied v. Crooked. Yeah. Um I don't know. That sounds really not that exciting. It's <laughs> like the worst movie yeah. ever made. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not claiming. Who asked for this? Right. These two mentioned Pied Piper it? v. Crooked Man? Yeah. The Crooked Man tells his own poem and the Pied Piper plays a little whisks flute. the poem away. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what he does. Yeah. No, the movie sounds like it stinks. Some rats and children around. <laughs> right, right. No one yeah. wins, but also no one loses. No. They're each doing their own th- separate things. <laughs> they would be... They probably just never meet. They, or they'd just be like, find like roommates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're both kind of threatening. Yeah, but we have no beef. Yeah, so, all right. All let's right. just do our thing simultaneously. Bye. <laughs> just like me and Will. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Doing our thing simultaneously. <laughs> Telling no, and we have nothing stories. to do with each other at all. No. no. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, that's yes. uh, that's the Pied Piper and the Crooked Man. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you like the show, <clears> please, <throat> as, we, as we mentioned before, go to patreon.com slash gttupod to help support the show, really keep it going and changing, and get tons of bonuses in return as a thank you, including our second podcast that comes out every Monday, The Netherworld Dispatch. Do you want a Crooked Man movie? Is that something that you want? Like, I don't know. Not particularly. Anything can be executed really, really well. Yeah, of course. But just like, just on its face. I think about Mike Flanagan making Ouija 2. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you said there was a Crooked Man movie that, yeah, Mike Flanagan was making, I'd be like, okay. But my point is like, 
people didn't necessarily know Mike Flanagan. I know, but still. A creator with integrity who doesn't go, oh, I'm making the crooked man. Yeah. But rather goes, how can I make the best scary thing possible? Right. If that was happening. Even though I'm expected to fail. Right. And I, I, now I can blow people away. Yeah, if that was happening, I'd Everything be is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think the crooked man could be interesting. Yeah. But that poem is almost like an exercise in like sweetness and simplicity when you actually hear the original. Mm-hmm. There was a crooked man. He walked a crooked mile. He brought a crooked cat. They all lived together in a little crooked house. Yeah. It's like, here's a, 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 a life that most people don't want. He's the crooked man. Mm-hmm. And yet he's got a crooked cat. And he's got a little crooked house. He's got his own little thing. Right. He's living maybe a life less lived or a life that most people don't want to end up with, but he seems satisfied or something. I've got my own place. It's my own little crooked house. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a nicety. Yeah. And then there's this big monster (laughs) chasing after you and chasing you with a big crooked umbrella and stuff. Right. So It's so weird. Yeah. It is strange to go there from the source material. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Patreon.com slash GTTUpod. You can also go to our website, GTTUpod.com, where you can find out information about all of our shows, information about advertising with us, um, our private Facebook group, and all sorts of stuff. Do you think of the crooked William. Man? <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Follow us online as well. <laughs> you said it. I've been up since 345. I did say it. Yeah. Kristen is at Chillin' Kristen on all social media. I'm at The Myth Traveler. Yep. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you in the next one, everybody. But until yep. that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Back to bed, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> that I know. I could purpose. feel it. <laughs>